0: They join the ranks of Inc. 5000's fastest growing companies this year. Matt Smith Real Estate Group ranks number one in the marketplace for five years in a row. You might be in the right room, folks.
1: I'm so excited to share an extra special podcast with you guys today. I was privileged to be a part of a Cheplac Live Mastermind in Lake Tahoe in 2021. Not only was I a part of it, I was asked to speak on stage. This was my very first public speech from stage. And this room was full of the elite. The around 200 of the top business operators in the country were in presence. So from the stage, I shared my story. I shared my struggles. I shared my triumphs. I shared, I broke down how we have created what we've created, which is the number eight team in the nation, number one in our state. Um, I believe at the time we were number 15 um, in the nation, Uh, but I broke down our story. I broke down how we've done it, what we've overcome, what mindset we have used, what tactics we have used. And so this is a super special one uh, that we are sharing with you, with our audience. Uh, It's the replay of Chat Black Live, Lake Tahoe 2021. This is my speech. Hope you guys enjoy. Matt Smith.
0: He is one of our elite inner circle members. When I refer to them, um, they are my one-on-one coaching clients. Um, This guy was to the moon long before me. Um, Matt Smith Real Estate Group, from working out of his basement to number 15 in the nation, his team of 35 in small town Missouri, 22 agents and growing. They joined the rank of Inc. 5000's, I am echoing, if sound guys have that going on right now. Something's going on, okay. They joined the ranks of Inc. 5000's fastest growing companies this year. Matt Smith Real Estate Group ranks number one in the marketplace for five years in a row. Listen closely. And this year had a month with over 100 closings with 18 agents. You might be in the right room, folks. 100 closings, not that pending and closed, puffed up number that some fucking dickhead taught you to use. The fuck? Get a fucking life. Your numbers are 50% of it, so you want to be a big swinging dick with everyone else so you blow shit up. Stop it. Someday I'm going to blast everyone on social. I'm just kidding. Some of you are sitting there going, this guy is a dick. Yep. Today, his 22 freaking agents are on pace to close 800 homes this year. This is going to (laughs) suck, because I get emotional. His favorite job is being a loving husband and a dad to two beautiful girls, and I know that about him. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Smith.
1: Wow, I have to follow that. Uh, very, give it up to John Cheplak, the best coach on the planet, right? If I can figure out how to work this, here we go. All right, so John, Connie, I already went over my accolades. My name is Matt Smith. I run Matt Smith Real Estate Group. It's a small team out of uh, middle, middle of nowhere, Missouri. Um, a lot of questions. If this thing will work. There we go. I was hitting the wrong button, my bad. All right, so a lot of questions I get is real estate in your blood. Did you buy into an already successful business? Um, And the answer to those are no. I'm a first generation real estate agent um, and I started, actually got my license in 2013 is when I got licensed and I started from the ground up, built a real estate team to where we are. Um, I laugh when I hear this question here all the time. Do you live in a largely populated city? Um, I have two offices currently and out of those two offices combined, the city uh, population is less than 27,000 people of those cities combined. So I'm living proof. Don't make the excuse to yourself, I have to be in a large city to have a, a good real estate team. You can make it happen in your city too. Um, funny story, we have more cows than houses. I had a, a, a mentor come down to and speak to, uh, speak to my team and on his way down, he came down and he said, man, how are you guys selling that many houses? And I'm, I was confused because we'd talk strategy and different things and he said, "Well." I'm not really talking about strategies that I just don't think there's that many houses here I saw way more cows than I saw houses so hopefully that puts in perspective the area that we live in we do have more cows than houses all right so today I'm gonna to share my personal story with you guys for the very first time um, John already started getting emotional and I apologize in advance if I do but um, it's just important you kind of you guys know where I come from and a little bit of my personal story so this picture here this was my very first job this is my family business in my small town I actually, my graduating class in high school had 30 kids, so I grew up in a very, very small town, and I started working here when I was 12 years old. Um, during summer break, the rest of my friends were out the river having fun, playing, and I went to work. Um, and I'm thankful for this job because it taught me my work ethic that's, that still sticks with me today. It was at that sawmill that I decided I wanted more for me and I wanted more for my family. I wanted to grow. Um, it was a very tough conversation. If any of you have worked at a family business, leaving that family business is a tough situation, right? It's a tough conversation to have. Um, especially when my family is not, they're not big thinkers, right? They're just small town. Um, All they know is is sawmill, sawmill and logging. So um, I told them I wanted more for myself, more for my family. The problem is I didn't know what I wanted at the time. And so it was a tough conversation to have. So what I did is I just went to work. That's all I knew. I started work focused on self-development, started focusing on myself. And I kept seeing a common theme. It was you are who you hang around. And so this meme is still around today. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? We've all seen that. And so I just started looking at who am I spending my time with? And so at the sawmill at the time, the people that I was working with, I was running the company after I graduated high school, the people that I was working with had just got out of prison. They had drugs, drug problems. Some of them were murderers. They were great people, don't get me wrong, they served their time, but it's just not what I wanted for my life. I decided I wanted more. And so if I am who I hang around, I needed to hang around different people. So I took the leap and a long journey led me into real estate. So my first month in real estate, this is how I started, started completely broke. I don't know about you guys, but they forgot to tell me in real estate school that you don't get paid on your first day. Anybody with me on that one? It takes some time to make the money, right? So I started completely broke. When I say completely broke, I mean I had no food. I was two months behind on my electric bill. And to top it all off, I just had my first daughter. So I'm a single dad. It's a great time, I'm a smart guy, right? Jump into a full commission business when you first, you're already broke and you just have your first daughter. Uh, but that was reality. I had, had the faith in myself that I would make it work. So fast forward about six weeks. Um, like John said, my favorite job is being a dad. Um, that's, that's, that's what I love. So this is a picture of me and my baby girl. Um, so everything's great. I'm starting my new career. I'm a new dad. I'm living life great, except for the broke part, but I'm working on that with my career, right? And so then the scariest moment of my life happens. My life gets flipped upside down. My wife starts getting sick. My daughter's about six weeks old and we go back and forth to the hospital. She has one surgery. She has, um, she got an infection from breastfeeding my daughter. So they had a surgery to get rid of the infection. That one surgery turned into a second emergency surgery, two surgeries in 24 hours. She stayed in the hospital and then, so we kept going back and forth. And I remember one time very, very clearly, me and my, me and my daughter, six weeks old, I'm a single dad, right? Packing the diaper bag, doing it all by myself because my wife's in the hospital. And so I remember one day very clearly, we go up to the hospital and we go in and I go to open the door of the hospital room and there's this note saying, do not enter. I'm like, whatever. I've been in here every day. So I'm just going to go in and they kick the door shut on me. I'm like, so what's going on in there? And so they come out and the doctors are all dressed in like hazmat suits. And they come and talk to me and they say, we have a problem. I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? And so they tell me, I'm sorry, your wife has developed a severe staph infection. And so. We tried to treat it with, we, we tested the staph infection, and there's one antibiotic that will get rid of this infection. We gave her the antibiotic through her IV, she started breaking out in her arm. She's allergic to the antibiotic. So I'm sorry to tell you, but your wife's gonna die. She's gonna die in this hospital, she's not gonna last a week. Either the staph infection is gonna kill her, or we're gonna kill her given the antibiotic. But we can't give it to her, so the staph infection is gonna take over her body, and she's gonna die. So that was our reality. So they won't even let me in the room because of staph infection. So I finally convinced them, let me in the room, say goodbyes to my wife. She needs to say goodbye to her daughter, right? So my wife's 23 years old at the time. I'm holding my six-week daughter where I'm having this conversation, to put it in perspective. And so we've, they finally dress us up and let us in there. And we go in the room and my wife, I'm hearing her say her goodbyes to her daughter, 23 years old. If that doesn't wake you up to get you off your ass and go to work, nothing will. So that was our reality. That's where we lived. Fortunately, fast forward before I get too emotional, my wife pulled through. Thank you. Come to find out the allergic reaction was to some other medicine. It wasn't the antibiotic. And so after about a month of fighting it, um, she was able to pull through. And there's a picture of my beautiful family here today. The beautiful nine-year-old is the six-week-old of the story, and then my other beautiful daughter here. Um, It's our family taken last year. So we all have a story, right? So um, the point of the story is tough times don't last, but tough people do, right? What do you do when your back's against the wall? How do you react to tough times in your life? What what do you do? Are Are you the type of person that makes excuses? Or do you overcome? Do you adapt and overcome those things? How do you respond to what happens when life gets tough will define your life? So fast forward, look at this good looking kid. Um, so, believe it or not, people actually trusted this guy to sell real estate. So now I'm still broke, and I've got to get to work. I've got to support my family, right? So my very first full year year in real estate, I'm rookie of the year, and I'm in my board. Sold 72 houses as a single agent my very first single my very first year. Started off very very well, and then I ran into another problem. This was my broker. <laughs> so I call him Jack. <laughs> All right. So more about Jack in a minute. So here's a picture of my pendings board. Um, This just is to prove, uh, number one, I was very busy as an agent and pendings boards did exist. I don't know if you guys still use them. Uh, We use technology for that now, but um, pendings boards were a thing. Um, And so at the time I was focused on the wrong things. And I'm telling you this to share a lesson is it's very easy in this business to get focused on the money, especially when you come from a situation like me where you didn't have any, right? And so Every day without fail, my morning routine was I get out my calculator, look at my pendings board, and I calculate how much commissions I had pending. Every single morning without fail. That was was my routine. And I've spent hours and hours trying to figure out what happened, but my mindset shifted, and thank God it did. So what I did the next morning, I came in, pulled out the calculator, and I stomped it. I broke it, threw it in the dumpster, said no more calculating commissions. There's people involved in this. I'm going to focus on the people. When I've changed my mindset, my life changed forever. So focus on the people, not the money. I realize it's a privilege in this business to be able to help families with the biggest decision of their lives, right? In most cases, it's the biggest decision they're gonna make. So why not focus on those people? Why not actually help those people and forget about the dollars? If you focus on the people, the dollars will come, right? So I'm a lifelong learner. I focus on the self-development I learned at the, in the sawmill. And so I continue to learn and learn. And at the time, it's like 2015. It's, still my, it's after my first year in real estate and I decided I wanna start a team. That's the cool thing to do. Well, in my market, I tell everybody I want to start a team, they laugh at me. I told you how big my city is. Nobody had a team there, right? Um, And so I went to Jack and said, hey, I want to grow a team. I think I can help you grow your company. Let's grow together. Got shot down. A lot more I could tell about Jack. I'll get into a little bit later, but um, it just wasn't a good fit. So it was time for me to move on. So when I decided to move on, I'm looking, what companies do I want to align with? And I had such a bad experience with, with Jack that I wanted to align with the right person. I didn't want to be handcuffed or held hostage. I wanted to do my own thing. Right. I'd already proved that I could be successful. Now I wanted to grow a team. So I looked around and there was just nobody that was a good fit for what I wanted to accomplish. And so I decided that I was going to start my own team. And so I just jumped out and started my own team. So in 2016, I formed my team. I wish it started that big. My team started with just me. Anybody else here with me? Uh, (laughs) Team was a cool thing. So I was the team. So I actually started that inside of a different company, different brokerage, because I didn't have my broker's license at the time. And remember, small town. So they allowed me, um, was their words, to start a team inside of their company. I very quickly grew my team from two to 12. Um, My team concept worked, imagine that. Um, And then I hit my head head on the ceiling again. I was very quickly outgrowing this company. Um, And then the new owner saw me as competition. So that turned into... I found a cloud brokerage to partner with because I saw Jack Jack 2.0 coming right down the pipe. And there was just a lot of things I didn't, didn't agree with and I had to protect my people. now I had 12 families, right, that, that were relying on me to make the right decision. So I was tired of being handcuffed. So I had made the decision. I started at least an office space and started building it out. But I didn't tell my broker because he had a reputation of taking people's listings and businesses, just like Broker Jack did. So he found out, small town, news travels fast. He found out, kicked me out of the office. He, had, he met with me at 2 p.m. Um, he said you have 5 p.m get your shit and get out if you leave it here past 5 p.m i'm changing the locks it's mine you'll be trespassing and oh by the way those 97 listings that your team has we're taking those two as your broker in the state of missouri those are mine don't call any of them or call the real estate commission on you oh also all those pendings you're not going to dime don't call those people they're my clients so half my team left me this was reality so this was a point in my life where I'd went through this stuff with my wife and my, and my daughter. Um, when Broker Jack, when I left him, he took all my listings. I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. This was, this was um, over double that that I lost. And so I'm just like, maybe I just, maybe real estate's not for me. Maybe I'm not cut out for it. Could have called it quits, but then I came across this video.
0: Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying, you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.
1: I still get goosebumps every time I watch that video. But thank God I stumbled across that because I realized that I was, I still had this feeling in my heart that I was made for more. There's more people I could help. There's lives I can change. I had seen what had happened Um, by me changing my mindset to help people um, in real estate and then growing that into a team. So we had to start over from scratch for my third time. This was my office. Remember when I got kicked out, I had three hours to get my stuff and get out. My office wasn't done yet. So my team that came with me, this is where we worked. This is my basement. This was our office conference table, my ping pong table in my basement. This was day one for my team. We started from scratch again. When I say start from scratch, it wasn't like, oh, we have this carryover from absolute zero for the third time in my career in about four years. So fast forward three years later, here's a picture of my team, some of my team today. Um, this is, I'm proud to announce that uh, we actually are, uh, we outgrew our office space. And so this is about three times the square footage. Um, it's in the process of being remodeled. I let my team be a part of it. So this is a picture we took. But we have a team of 22 agents. We will be at 40 agents by the end of the year. Thanks, John. Um, we were ranked number 15 in the nation, Inc. 5,000, fastest growing companies. And we are going to close 850 units with 22 agents this year. So now the more important part, how have we done it, right? That's probably why you guys are all here. So i narrowed this down to four secrets and I hope you guys are ready to take notes because there's a lot of content here and I'm gonna go rapid fire, so get ready. Um, Number one is vision. Number two is mindset. Number three, mental toughness. And number four is the people. So vision, you have to be able to see it as a leader before it happens. And you can't just kind of half-ass see it. You've got to see it all the way through and you've got to see it good enough where you can actually paint a picture of it for your people. You got to have a vision. If you cannot paint your vision to your people, they don't know where they're going. You can't expect them to trust you blindly, right? So you've got to visualize it yourself and clear the path for them. Limit your focus. This is a hard one for me. Um, in real estate, there's always something we can improve, right? There's always something in our business that needs improvement, especially when you're first starting a team. But you can't focus on everything. You can't do it all at once. Multitasking is bullshit. You heard John say it, right? It doesn't work. So if everything is important, nothing is important. So when you limit your focus, you expand your potential. Find what is, the, what is the number one lever, like John says, right now, and I'm gonna get that mastered, and then I'll move to the next one. When you're able to do that, you actually grow much more rapidly. Make sure you include your team in your vision. Let me go back. Include your team in your vision. So this one scared me when I first started the team, because a, I'm a big thinker, and I came from a small town, right? So I, I was the first one to start a team, much less grow a team um, into um, to where I wanted to grow it. So. Be able to cast that vision to your team members. They need to understand where they're going. They need to understand that your vision is big enough that their dreams can grow with inside of your company. Don't be scared of of your vision and share it with your team. How many of you in this room focus on your weaknesses? Raise your hand. You try to improve your weaknesses, right? We all have weaknesses. We all wanna improve them, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, don't focus on your weakness. Focus on your strengths. Everybody in this room has a gift. Your gifts are different. Go all in on that gift. Find what you're good at and go all in on that. Your weakness will always be your weakness. I see too many people try to improve their weaknesses. That's why you need good people. People are only good at so many things. Are you gonna do better at your strength or your weakness? Are you gonna enjoy your life more if you do your strength or your weakness, right? You're gonna have a better result. So focus on your strengths, find good people that are good at your weaknesses to supplement you, right? You have to multiply yourself, especially when you're first starting. You gotta wake up every single day and try to replace yourself. A lot of people say, well, if I replace myself, that makes me less valuable. That's 100% the opposite. If you're able to replace yourself, you're twice as valuable because now there's two of you, right? It doesn't matter if you're a receptionist to the owner of the company, it it applies everywhere. So we have a saying in our office, if no one told you how to do your job, how would you do it? So this this creates empowerment in our employees. Empowerment in our salespeople. They, they now realize that yes, we have a process that you follow, but we don't fall into that trap of, well, that's how we've always done it, right? So we use this phrase a lot. If no one told you how to do your job every single day, how can you improve that? This is your baby, you own it. And now they have that buy-in and it's actually theirs, and it, it always improves the processes. I go on the 80%, 80% rule. This was a real hard lesson for me as I started growing. It's because I was the one that was doing everything, right? Because I was the team of one. Um, and so I wanted to teach everybody to do exactly how I was doing it, but that's not the right way to do it. You get them to do 70, 80% of what you think needs to be done. And they understand the vision and why they're doing it. Then let them have that other 20, 30% for creativity. And it empowers them to, to actually, that's their baby now. And they're going to do a better job. Right? We have another saying culture over sales, always culture is first. If you focus on the sales first, you're not going to have a good culture. We, we sell so many houses because we have the best culture in the business, because we focus on the culture every time. Every decision you make as a leader, every decision your team makes has to have culture in mind first. It's not about the sales, it's about the culture. How many of you have salespeople in your organizations? You have salespeople? Only some of you? So the rest of you are liars? You guys awake? So if you have salespeople in your organization, you're doing it wrong. People don't want to be sold. People want to be helped. Think about that for a minute. When's the last time a salesman called you that you wanted to be sold? Quit selling people. It doesn't work, that's old. Help people. If you make a friend, you make a sale. And if you change that mindset throughout your company that you actually are trying to help people, that will change your culture, or change your organization. Replace the word sell with help. Do you and your organization have a clear mission? To get your people rowing in the same direction, it's your responsibility as a leader to paint that picture and to have that mission. Everybody knows we're all in the same boat. We're all rowing the same direction. So here's our mission statement. Every day our company will passionately exceed the expectations of the buyers, sellers, and agents that we serve by guiding them to have smooth, successful transactions. We will develop the careers of our family of agents and staff through hard work, integrity, and proven processes that are the best in the industry. We start every team meeting. We recite that together. We all know we're all on the same page. This is our mission as a company, right? Number two is mindset. You gotta educate your people. You can't do it all on your own. We're in the recruitment business. John says it all the time, right? We're, we're, you cannot build anything good by yourself. You have to be able to educate your people so they can do it as well. We all know the high failure rates of real estate agents, right, it's, it's insane the number of real estate agents that fail the first year in the business. It's because there's lack of education. So it's your responsibility leader, to educate your people. And like John said, don't hold back. Give them everything. Give them everything. You have to have a process. Your process has to be duplicatable and scalable. If you cannot have anything, anytime anything goes wrong in my organization, I can pin it down to somebody to not follow the process or the process needs tweaked. Period. Every time, without fail. Make sure you have a process and make sure it's duplicatable and scalable for everything. We have a process for how our client care specialist answers the phone. That way it's duplicatable and scalable, we do it the same way every time, right? You have to be consistent. It's taken me eight years to become an overnight success. I don't think I'm successful, I'm just getting started in this game, but it's consistent effort over a period of time. A good analogy for this is fitness. If I asked you, if you worked out five days a week for the next six months and followed a strict diet, would you be in better shape, yes or no? Without a doubt, right? Because consistent effort over time. But if I tell you the same thing with your business, you want want the shortcut. You want to know what's going to happen overnight. That's not how it works. It's consistent effort over a period of time. That's how you make big things happen. So we live in an instant gratification world. That's why people want to chase this next technology. They want to chase this next big lead source, right? Well, it doesn't work that way. There's no such thing as 30-minute abs, right? You can't get abs in 30 minutes. It takes time. You can't change your business in 30 minutes either. It takes time, consistent effort over a period of time. So does anybody remember the Domino's 30-minute abs commercial? Here's a little reminder for you. 30 minutes, great.
2: Hey, Domino's. Hey. Guess what I did with my 30 minutes? 30 minute abs? Uh huh.
1: If only it worked that way, right? But it, we think it works that way in our business. Oh, we're going to get this new technology, this new software, this new lead source. It's going to change our business overnight. It's not how it works takes time, consistent effort over a period of time. All right, mindset. How you do anything is how you do everything. You guys should write that one down. You can't turn it an on and off, right? You can't an on and off switch. As, as a leader with your agents, nothing. How you do anything is how you do everything. Are you the type of leader when you've got, you gotta throw a water bottle in the trash, right? Well, the trash is full. Do you just like stuff it down and stomp on it and hope that it closes, nobody sees? Or do you take the trash out? Sounds simple, but your team sees that stuff. How you do anything is how you do everything. That's half-ass. If you do that half-ass, it's going to carry over to other parts of your life. I promise you. You guys should write this one down, too. This is a big one. People quit doing what works because it works. People quit doing what works because it works. How many of you have agents that have taken off, they followed the process, they're super successful, and then all of a sudden they fall down, right? They're riding the roller coaster. It's because they quit following the process. They got comfortable. The fundamentals is what wins championships, right? Get back to the basics. Don't quit doing what works because it works. Keep doing what got you there, do more of it. And as a leader, you have to lead by example. You have always got to lead by example. You, gotta, you, you can't lead from the back, you gotta lead from the front. Great analogy is if I put a string right here on the stage and I try to push it off the stage, it's impossible. You cannot push a string. You cannot push an organization. You gotta pull it. You gotta lead from the front. That's your responsibility as a leader, if you're a leader in this room. Um, this was a tough one for me. I'm a, I'm a pretty intense guy, but I really care about my people. People will leave you. It's inevitable, right? People will leave you. This is one of the hardest lessons for me to learn, so just get your mind that it's gonna happen, but you still have these other people that are relying on you every day to keep moving forward. Don't let it get you down. Focus on the people actually wanna be with you. You versus you mindset. A lot of people fall into this mindset that They're comparing themselves, right? to another team, to another agent, whatever it is. You cannot, You can use comparison as a motivator to a, a, a tad, but be careful. When it starts going negative, you've got to focus on what you can control. Control the controllables. What can you control? You can control that person in the mirror, right? You can control your actions. So what is your mindset? Are you focused on getting better every single day, improving on yourself? Are you comparing yourself to others and getting, um, then you go into like dark places because you're not as good as they are, or you didn't have it as lucky as they are. Get out of that place. It's you versus you. Focus on yourself. Focus on what you can control. Um, This is a big one for me. No negativity allowed. I have zero compromise on this in my life. I look at people as they're either an anchor or they're a propeller. I'm cutting all the anchors out of my life. If you're negative, drama, bullshit, I don't got the brain space for it. I want to focus on the people that want to help me. Right? Sorry. It's just the truth. If you're negative, you keep bringing negative stuff to me, you're out of my life. I've even cut my own family out. Because I've got to focus on what I can do for my, for myself and my family, and I've only got so much energy, right? And I want it to be positive. All or nothing mentality. This is a big one for me. This this mentality has changed my life. Anything I do, I, j- I jump in with both feet. A lot. Too many people I see wanting to quote unquote try things. Number one, eliminate the word try from your vocabulary. When that happens in our team, they get called out. Try's a cuss word. We don't allow that word. So you got a new technology, you got a new lead source, you got new, something new in your business, right? How many of us just focus on, oh, I'm just gonna dip my toe in. I'm just gonna, let me just try this and see if it's gonna work. And then it doesn't freaking work. You know why? It's because you tried it. You gotta do it. You gotta jump in, both feet, right? When you're gonna do something, you gotta do it. Jump in with both feet. If you just half-assed it, it ain't gonna work. Quit half-assing shit. Jump in with both feet. It'll change your life. Win the day. Too many people focus on the long-term. What am I gonna do this year? Forget that, what are you gonna to do today? You can't control what happens 12 months from now, but if you focus on winning the day, winning the day every single day, stack enough wins of daily wins on top of each other, you win enough weeks, then you win enough months, and then you win enough years, and then your life changes. It's because you focus on what you can control today, right? A quick t- uh, tool that I use for this is called the Power List. I learned this from one of my mentors, Andy Fursella. It's five critical tasks you do in a day five critical tasks. They have to be specific and measurable. If you get those five tasks done, you've won the day. Pretty simple. How many people have a to-do list this long, right? Anybody with me? As a business owner, you've got a long to-do list, right? You can't get it all done. Quit overwhelming yourself. Focus on the stuff that you can do. Get those five critical tasks that are most important that day, get them done, get them off the list, move to the next day. If you do that, you stack enough wins, it creates that snowball effect. Momentum's a real thing, right? It creates some momentum. If you're able to put a W on top of that page because you won the day, it does something to your psyche as well. Now you're a winner, right? And then you stack enough wins on top of each other, it'll change your life. You guys should write this one down. This phrase has changed my life. Remember tomorrow. We got any procrastinators in the room? Anybody like to procrastinate? We all do, right? It's human nature. If you use this phrase, it'll help you with that. Remember tomorrow. Were yourself tomorrow when you wake up and you look in the mirror. Will you be proud of yourself for what you did yesterday or will you be pissed off because you still got to do it today? I remember tomorrow today because I want to be proud of myself. I want to grow every day and win the day, right? Remember tomorrow. Anybody recognize these guys? We've got Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, two of the greatest athletes of all time. Um, Tom Brady, haven't always liked him, but you got to respect the guy. A lot of people would say, oh, he's the best because he's got the most talent. I call bullshit. For those of you that don't know, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round in the NFL. That's where quarterbacks go to die in the NFL, just so you know. No quarterback makes it in the sixth round. Like, you might as well not have even been drafted. And he goes on to make it to be the, the best quarterback of all time because of his mentality, because he's the hardest worker in the room. So I call that plus one mentality. Somebody's going to do something, I'm going to do one more, no matter what it is, whether it's reps in the gym, whether, no matter what it is, right? It could be phone calls in your business, appointments you go on, whatever it is, plus one mentality, always do one more. That one more could be the one that changes your life. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's the best basketball player of all time. Not up for debate. Some people think it is, but it's not. Um, But, so Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, right? That some of you may not know, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team because he wasn't good enough. So you cannot tell me talent wins. He didn't have the most talent. He outworked everybody, right? That's why he went on to become the best. His coach, Tim Grover, one of the best, uh, he's one of the best mental toughness coaches in the world. For those of you who don't know, you should look him up. Um, Tim Grover, he's a beast. And so he coached Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, a bunch of uh, elite athletes. And he, I was watching an interview and he said that um, they were asking about Kobe and Michael specifically. And they said, well, those two must've been the most talented people you coach. He said, not even close. Those were the two best in their, in, their, in their field that I've ever coached that were not even close. They were in the bottom 50% of talent. Think about that. But why'd they become the best? Because of their mentality. I'm telling you all this and relating this to my story because there's no reason I should be on the stage right here today. It's because I'm I'm willing to put in the work because of my mindset. Anybody can do it, it's possible. Mental toughness. I've got a tough question for you. I, I ask myself this all the time and I didn't like the answer when I first started asking myself. But if you were hiring for your position in your organization right now, would you give yourself a raise? Or would you fire yourself because your team sees that you don't think they don't think about that you don't think they think oh if he's not putting in the work why am i if you don't answer that quickly that you're gonna you need to give yourself a raise because you're you're overworking your team sees that you got to lead from the front every day you are either growing or you're dying you're getting better or you're getting worse every single day quit being stagnant quit just being happy and comfortable right nothing good happens inside your comfort zone you're either getting better or you're getting worse every single day how do you react to adversity? Do you overcome or do you make excuses? We all know those people that point the finger and say, "I'm not. it's not fair that I'm not where I wanna be in life because of him or her or him or her, right? They point the finger. Nobody likes those people. Don't make excuses, overcome, adapt. Here's a great example. So these two guys are brothers. So they were both interviewed. One guy's homeless, one's a successful businessman. So they interviewed the homeless guy first and they said, well, you have no job, you have no money, you have no home, no car what happened in your life for you to be where you're at right he said well my dad was an alcoholic so i didn't have a chance they did a private interview with the other brother successful ceo of a fortune 500 company um, wealthy had a very successful career so they sit down and said well you've you've accumulated all this wealth you've done so so many great things in this world what do you owe that to guess what his answer was my dad was an alcoholic what are you going to do are you going to make excuses are you going to be a victim are you going to be a victor right Tough stuff that happens in your life is a blessing because it makes you stronger, right? All right. So you got to build grit. Um, I'm probably running out of time here, so I'm going to go quick, quick, quickly here. But production pivot. This is a tool I taught myself um, that whenever you have that, you, how many of you negotiate with yourself? You don't want to work out. You don't want to make this tough call. You don't want to go on this appointment, right? We all try to talk ourselves out of whatever we want to do. Um, if, you just, if you can tr- train your brain to instantly, when you have that thought, to drop what you're doing and make that happen. Workout was one for me when I was trying to get healthy, is I didn't want to work out. Well, I worked out yesterday. It's okay. No, it's not. As soon as you have that thought, drop what you're doing and go work out right now. When you're able to do that, you're controlling your mindset. It makes a big, big difference in your life. It, it carries through everything. So I, I kind of hit on this earlier. Bad things that happen in my life, I use them as fuel. I'm grateful. I'm grateful I broke her jack. I'm grateful. If I did not have that bad experience, culture would not be as important. I would not be on this stage here today. If those bad things hadn't happened in my life, I wouldn't be here. I'm grateful for those. Those great, those things they build wounds. They build scars and make me better. Right. So be grateful for those things. Those bad things can create fuel for you. I remember one specific story with my family. It was when I was uh, quitting the sawmill. Uh, one of one of my family members looked at me and said, "What are you going to do? Try to be a millionaire?" I laughed in my face. He was right. Who was I? I was a dumb kid. Didn't have any money. I was two months behind on an electric bill. Right? But what did I do? Did I make excuses and say, "You know what? He's right." or that i adapt and overcome. I use that as fuel to get better, and I'm proud to say, staying on this stage today, I'm a multimillionaire just a few years later, coming from absolutely nothing, because I use things like that for fuel. Bad things are a good thing. Use them as fuel and motivation to get better, right? Be grateful for the bad things in your life. Winners always find a way. All right, and last but definitely not least is your people, right? If you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. You guys should write that one down. You cannot do anything great by yourself. Nothing great in this world happens by yourself. If you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. You gotta invest in your people. So, quick story about Broker Jack. This is how he started every meeting. He would stand up, go like this. He'd look out and say, you're all replaceable. Every single one of you replaceable. That's how every team meeting started. Who would wanna work for that guy? Does that motivate you to work? No. People are scared to death to do anything in this organization, right? So don't don't have the everyone is a replaceable mindset. People are your number one asset. And I don't think I ever would have been that far. But again, if that wouldn't have happened, culture and people wouldn't have been as important to me as they are today, right? So all those bad things are good lessons. People are your number one asset. What if you invest in your people and they leave you? It's a great question. I get that all the time. What if I give them all this training? What if I give them all these tools? What if I do all this and they just leave me? I got a better question for you. As a business owner, if you, what if you don't and they stay? What if you don't invest in your people and they stay with you? What kind of organization would you have then? You have to invest in your people. Quit living that scarcity mindset. Do you want a bunch of people that aren't trained in your organization? No, you've got to invest in your people. So leadership is not a title, it's an action. Don't have an organization where you have to have the title of leadership to be a leader. I have a ton of leaders in my organization. And you know what, I reward those people because leadership is an action. People look up to them, they help hold people accountable. If you guys are doing accountability groups or anything, who's the one person that stands out that always helps people hold people accountable? That's a leader. Keep an eye on that person, lift them up because they're gonna be a big pivotal part of your organization as you grow. Focus on your people over your profit. Have core values, this is a big one for me. And I learned this lesson through, through the experience with Broker Jack. is that it's all about actually doing things with the right intent. So we don't just have core values, and we don't just put them on the wall and talk about them once a year at our annual Christmas party or award ceremony. We, talk and leave, we live and breathe by our core values and communicate by them daily in our organization, every single day. Somebody does something good in our company, we congratulate them and tie that to our core, core value. Somebody does something that needs improvement, guess what? You, didn't, you weren't disciplined with that one. You, you didn't accept responsibility in that situation. So this, here, this is where we need to improve. If you communicate in your core values, now you're multiplying your mindset and everybody's on the same page right? And that, that's how you create community and culture. So here's our core values. If you guys want to take a picture and steal it, go ahead. It's integrity. Go the extra mile. Stay humble. Be disciplined. Take initiative. Build positive and fun relationships. Education. Believe. Accept responsibility. And be selfless. So if you guys are going to steal those, you're more than welcome to. But I highly encourage you. You need to look in. You need to make them your own. Don't use my core values. These are what's important to me. What's important to you my team actually helped pick these we've got a paragraph or two definition for every single one of these about what they mean by our company this is so important in my organization if you come and you come and join my organization before you sign a contract it says how much you're getting paid any of that stuff this is the very first document you sign it's like a six page document about core values core values are that important if you build a culture of people that are growing in the same direction it'll, it'll change your life it starts with core values the law of reciprocity is real, John hit on that. I'd be doing a disservice to go any de- any deeper. Um, you gotta give. You gotta give without without any expectation of anything in return. And you gotta multiply your mindset. The best example I can give with that is you gotta be able to, like your core values as an example, if you communicate in your core values daily, now, here's an, this one's gonna blow you away. So every every single team meeting that we start, number one is mission statement. We all say it out loud together, like it's Pledge of Allegiance, right? Because that's our mission, we all believe in it. Number two is we have one agent or anybody, is free, free, free speech, but anybody can pick one person on the team that has had a positive core value that they wanna, they wanna recognize. This is the biggest part of our meetings, most meetings, because our people live and breathe by our core values. Think about the community you would create if half of your team meeting was talking about positive things and your peers were lifting up other team members based on core values. That's how you multiply your mindset. That's how you actually build a culture. Culture first, always. Culture over sales, period. Period, without exception. If there's a decision that's going to cost me money, but it's going to keep my culture, it's costing me money. It's not about the money, it's about the culture. Quick example this happened last week. So, uh, Broker Jack had the same example. So, um, there's an hourly employee that made a mistake in the MLS. They got a fine, right? And so, um, Broker Jack got the fine in the mail and went and just, like, tore up the office trying to figure out who made the mistake. Um, found out who made the mistake, it was an hourly employee. Number one, it was probably his fault for not training her properly. But anyway, um, he, he gave her the bill and said, well, this is coming on your next paycheck, just so you know. You made the mistake. It's not okay. So this same thing happened in our, my organization last week. And the, uh, the team member that came to me, she, number one, she didn't wait for the bill to come in. She came and told me she made a mistake, which, number one, is accepting responsibility, right? And then she said, by the way, I found the hole in our process on why that happened, and I've, I've done this, this, and this to fix it. Which organization do you want to be a part of? That's all leadership. That's where it starts. It starts with people in this room. How are you leading your people? Now, one person is scared to death to do anything else in this organization unless the broker tells them to, right? So they're not going to take initiative. They're not going to think for themselves. They're just going to follow the lines. The other person is thinking for herself, come to get an ass chewing because she made a mistake and cost me money. She came come and found it, right? But because of that, I praised her Thank you so much for bringing that to me. As a matter of fact, this is a good thing that this happened because if this had happened ten years from now, we had we have a hundred more employees. This mistake could have happened a hundred times. It cost me a hundred times more money. This is a great thing that this happened, and thank you for fixing it. Right? That's how you have to lead your people. That's how you build a good culture. So, John, stay in your chair. But we don't recruit on my team. We attract. We attract. I've got a. So I told you I'm at 22 agents. I'll be at 40 by the end of the year. That's. That's low, because I've already got 25 people waiting to get in. You know why? Because we built a culture. We are changing people's lives on our team. We're making a difference. It's not about transactions. It's not about real estate. It's about more than that. Speaking of that, we're, we're just implementing the EOS system. And so we were in, in a meeting with the EOS guy, and he wanted us to s- decide on our core focus. So I just sit back and let my leadership team kind of discuss this. I'm just an observer on purpose. I want to see what they come up with. And so he say, he gives examples and he says, most people do like profit, revenue, number of, number of homes sold, et cetera. My leadership team comes up with our core focus and Matt Smith real estate group is to change lives. That's what we do as a real estate company. Imagine a culture where your team comes up with that answer, not you. We're a real estate company but We're changing lives. Make sure you celebrate your people's wins. John hit on this, public acknowledgement is huge. Another thing that works great for me is uh, handwritten notes. Handwritten notes stick out, whether it's to clients, to agents, whatever, because nobody does it anymore. Everybody wants text, or, and don't, don't do that stupid, um, automated handwritten stuff. Everybody can knows, knows it's not handwritten, actual handwritten note. So when you build a culture, here's an example. When you build a culture like what, what we have built, This girl's been with us, she's been with about two months. She was hired as a receptionist. She sent me this note. When I applied at Matt Smith Real Estate Group, I knew immediately that the possibilities were limitless because I saw leadership invest in their employees. She's a receptionist, guys, okay? For the first time, I was not defined by certifications, degrees, or pieces of paper. I was defined by who I was as a person. And for the first time ever, I found myself in a position where leadership and my coworkers were advocating for me. I'm able to thrive because of the structure and foundation you and leadership created. You gave me the chance to rewrite my story completely. I'm now in a career I adore with people I adore even more. That's a receptionist two months into my organization. So when I say we're changing lives, this is an example. It's not just something I say. That's what we do. Quick story on this girl. So this, this was uh, Morgan Crawford. She's one of my agents. I'll make this quick. So she, I remember she came into my team about two and a half years ago. She had just got a real estate license and just happened to stumble in my office and said she wanted to work. Um, sorry, Morgan, if you're listening, but it was the worst interview I've ever had in my life. Worst I've ever had in my life. She wouldn't look me in the eye. She couldn't communicate. She was mumbling. She brought her son with her on the interview. Um, it just was not a good situation. I don't know what happened. Um, but somehow she got on the, she got, she got the job. I think it was just, there's a higher power out there that knew that Morgan needed the team, and the team needed Morgan. Fast forward two and a half years later, she is now in leadership on my team. She just, as of last year, or as of last week, um, I, and we were having this leadership conversation and uh, I actually showed her how much money she's made this year. She almost fell out of her chair, she started crying. Life-changing amount of money. She went from when she first started She had a winter, she didn't tell me this at the time, she had a winter, she was showing houses with her car that was breaking down every other week with no heat. I don't know about you guys, but winters in Missouri get cold, right? That's where this girl came from. Since she's been on the team, she's transitioned into, we helped her move her her and her son into an apartment. She was living with her family at the time. Then she bought a brand new car, now she has heat. Now she's under contract to buy a house and she's making a life-changing amount of money for her and her family because we poured into her and she put in the work. If your organization doesn't have stories like this, you're doing it wrong. I'm here to tell you about a lot more than the transactions.
2: Here's another quick video that one of my employees sent to me. We go beyond just helping other individuals. We're not, um, we're we're always using the word helping and serving instead of just you know, client or something like that. But it even bleeds over into our staff. Just on the micro side, uh, for me, the company has been a huge blessing to me. Remember, I was cleaning toilets before this job. To be able to transition into something that really utilizes my skills and uh, strengths and grows me, on a micro scale, my life is being uh, impacted tremendously. Um, You know, I finally was able to afford a car now and I'm closing on my first house in uh, two weeks here, that—that's huge. It's—it's it's majorly shifted how my life uh, is moving going forward, and I know that it's just getting started as well. That mentality of wow, people are pouring into me. This culture—not—not not just you, but the whole company. Um, that in turn makes me want to uh, share that with other people and, and move that forward. And I'm seeing it throughout our entire company with Amber, you know, she started out as a receptionist and now she's uh, training to become an agent. And um, and these are just regular people with minimum wage jobs um, that you're bl- uh, blessing with the opportunity to uh, grow because you're focusing on the individual and, and that mindset because you're not just talking about it, you're doing it, you're you're leading by example of how can I help Colin today? How can I help Amber? How can I pour into Jenna and give her an opportunity? How can I help Larissa? That is, I think, what's making all the difference um, because you're multiplying your mindset because it doesn't matter how big the numbers are if um, you're multiplying people who aren't in it to help people because you'll end up with a huge company doing tremendous numbers and not accomplishing anything that you're wanting. Uh, running a company that just doesn't stand for what you, uh, the foundations you set it on.
1: How cool is it to have stories like that from your people, right? So your people are everything. You can't do it all by yourself, you need them. Invest in them, take care of your people. People will leave you, but that rarely happens to our team because we care about them and they know it. We're in the business of changing their lives. Two of those three people I gave stories about aren't even agents. They're on my operations team and their lives have changed. Is your organization, are you thinking big enough to where you can actually change operations members' lives? Two years ago, mine wasn't. It was focused on the agents. Like I could could stand up here for two hours and give you stories on my agents, but um, the operations people mean more to me because you have to have an organization that does enough income to be able to take care of those people to actually help change their lives too, right? So take care of your people, they'll take care of you. Um, And every time I make a decision on the team, I think as an agent first. I remember where I was at with Broker Jack. I kept hitting my head on the ceiling. I don't know about you guys, but I hate hitting my head on the ceiling. I don't like to be limited. Let me free, right? And so I always think when I make a decision as an agent first, if you guys aren't doing that as as a leader in your organization, you're doing it wrong because your agents are gonna be impacted by your decisions. Think from their perspective, how are they gonna feel? How is this going to impact them because you can't do it without them right you got to make sure you think of it first of course you got a business to run you got to be a smart business person but just think there's a few tweaks you can make there and it sounds like all this is lovey-dovey and we just we give our people everything which we do but the number one thing we give them is accountability Accountability is the highest form of love you can show an individual. So um, do that through self-discovery. Um, John teaches great on that. So, um, but it's about holding them accountable to their goals. We let our agents pick their goals. We get their whys. Um, what is it that is important to them? And we, hold, we tie a string around that and help them, right? Help them accomplish that. And that's what changes their lives. Here's an example of this is all from this year, just team get-togethers. Um, just we built. These are my family, right? These, these are people. I love them to death. And uh, we spend a lot of time together, do a lot of community events and different things. So I have a family, not a company today we're we're getting ready to open our third location. Um, we were featured on national TV show Inc 5,000 fastest growing companies, number 15 in the nation. We're pro- projecting 62% growth this year. So we'll see where we rank next year. Um, and I'm blessed to be sharing my story on stage with all of you guys today. I'm going to close with this. What is your core focus as a company, as a person? Cause mine is changing lives. Thank you, guys.
0: I want you guys to, you're gonna hear me say things over and over again, and I want it to be on this recording so that you haven't, for those that are out there right now. See, what he's talking about is is, is the, does your culture police itself, okay? What you've gotta do though, just like go back to, and he's talked about the self-directed work groups and the peer-to-peer stuff, because guess what happens? Someone says, I'm only gonna do four transactions, and you as a leader, it's what Matt does. The principles are carrying forward. You check in with the group. Group, what are your thoughts? See, how are you? Faci- you can't just tell people to police one another. You have to facilitate it in the way you hold meetings. When we go to the board, I'm facilitating, policing, and an unspoken accountability. Are you guys with me on that? Okay. And back on the, uh, you know, what does it look like when you grow? What it looks like is leading people in groups. He talked about, write this down, wake up every day. So I want to recap the things he talked about. Your number one job is to wake up and replace yourself every damn day, period. And then the leaders underneath you, their job is to replace themselves every day. Because if it doesn't happen, you're going nowhere. That's two words, okay? Okay. The other things that he shared with you is reciting his mission at the beginning of every meeting. Interesting, looks like that's working out pretty well for him, isn't it? Okay, you do scripts and dialogues for buyers and sellers. How about the script and the recording you want playing over and over again in the hearts and the heads of your people on your team? See, it's the subtleties that win. You got issues, you're the issue. Here's the good news. Everything good that's happening in your organization, your fault. Want the bad news? Everything bad happened in your organization, your fault. And so let's go further. Good pal Kyle. We went and had coffee, Brittany and I did with Kyle this morning. Love to catch up with him. went and, went and got a workout in, we we're coming back from the gym this morning. And I said, Kyle, there was a point in time when you were running your organization, the power of your personality was really important. It's out of there now, isn't it? He said, yes. And I said, you know what it is? He says, well, I do. It's his principles. See, principles. I love that question. Aren't you worried? You know the number one team brokerage that doesn't grow? And and, and everyone says this. But until you get through this, okay, is the one that says, yeah, but I want to, I got a great culture. I want to protect my culture. Culture. Let me give you another thing all the freaking gurus, theorists keep telling you. Recruit to your culture, okay? Why don't you write down all the problems about your culture right now for me and keep recruiting to that. You need to recruit to a subculture. You need to recruit to where you're going, not where you're at. You've been taught to recruit to your problem, but that's what theorists do. You've been taught to recruit to your problem, not to where you're going period. A couple other things that I want to highlight here. Um, People are going to leave you get over it or go to therapy so you can handle it (laughs) or you're fucked. Okay. I mean, just get over it. Guess how many? I love them. Here's what's really cool. There's a guy named Al Stasek. Anyone friend of Al? Okay. Al's the one person. Um, he was on the far left. He was in this room. And guess what? The same with me. I'm still in a relationship with those people, and some of them I don't know. But how many of them are in the room from there today? The 14. Remember the 14 people that were up across the street? How many of them in the room from here here today? None. And that doesn't make it right, wrong, or good. Listen, people are going to leave, but here's the thing you need to get over. You you just need to ask yourself one question. Did I impact their life? End of discussion. Did I impact their life Listen, and stop getting pissed off when they leave you because that means you're a hypocrite. What do you mean? Oh, didn't you leave someone? Didn't you? Didn't you go out on your own and do what benefited you the best? Oh, but no one else should do that, should they? That's called scarcity. See, it's these mindset things that are getting in the way. Okay, Uh, a couple other things. Mm, 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 mm. Handwritten note cards, man. So good. So good. And on the final one I want to leave you on. You know Tom Brady's got 7 Super Bowl rings and many of my clients have heard me say this. He's got 7 Super Bowl rings. He didn't show up at game 1 of the regular season. What up, dudes? How was training camp? Hope you had fun, man. Brady went and back did this is the difference, man. You want to get your people productive, okay? Brady went back to training camp. And he did the exercises that he did in Wee football, again, again. And I happen to know firsthand, and many of the people here in this room know, because I know one of the guys personally, who sent me a nice little birthday video yesterday, as many of you did too, which, Brittany got to watch me cry in the morning.
1: <laughs>
0: um, Brady handed the football off to him for years in the backfield. And Belichick would make him do the same play and practice 34 fucking times until Brady's foot was stepping right, Heath Evans' foot was stepping right, and, and, and his hand was high enough or low enough when the ball was handed off. That's called principles. Hold close to that, principles. Let's give Matt a hand again. Matt, thank you.